thanks for tuning in to Being Trans. I am not my normal voice. Um, unfortunately, I had I have run into a huge bout of the flu. Oh my gosh, talk about kicking me in the head and then bouncing me back out. Oh, and I, I'm not even sure that I'm going to make it to my own birthday party that I set up. Um, case, just just a little bit of context here. Um, I decided I was going to make a phone call and set up a place to have um, birthday celebrations because I just turned 50. Woohoo! You know, I made it. 50. Half a century. You know. I had a friend who, when he turned 25, he had an emotional breakdown. Didn't know how he was going to handle it. And he really didn't handle it very well at all. Here I am, I was staring down 50, and I'm like, oh man, this is going to suck ass. I'm going to be 50 freaking years old. Am I ready for this? And, you know, I, I, I have to be honest, I was not ready to turn 50. I, I wasn't. I didn't want to turn 50. <laughs> I don't feel any different, but I do because I really feel rotten right now. And I was sitting there, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, okay, so I'm 50. What does that mean? What does it really mean? Nothing. It's just a number. Average, though, I've got about 30 years left of my life. You know, and a lot of times people I, – I had a really – I will skip that part of this. I, I, I really had a wonderful meeting with um, training some doctors this past week. This is, this is how funny it was. I was sitting there in a room full of doctors, and all of a sudden my voice went, and I thought, that's not normal. This is not going to be good. That was hour one. Of two and a half hours worth of talking, okay? So you're sitting there at 1.5 hours left, and I am losing my voice. It's tanking. But the issues that surround being trans is so important to break what we think we know and fill it with fact, not fiction. It's even greater for me. So... And I knew I was feeling kind of rotten, and I started to make a um, a slideshow with all my facts and with all the information that I talked to doctors on. So my idea was, if I build this, they will come and learn. Okay, this is this is just kind of me having a bit of a poke at myself. Um, and I'm still going to do it because there's a lot of information, and I think that once I get it out, I think a lot of people are going to be looking at it. And I use I use a number of different sources. It's not just me. Um, and I use these sources, and, and I give them full credit for it because they have done an amazing job in their research too. And I chase down what other people have found and – I've also gone and chased that resource. So I'm sitting there writing this thing, and I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm just not feeling 100% today. Maybe it's just, yeah, pre, pre-conversation jitters for this lecture. And I was like, oh, my God, do I really want to give this lecture to a bunch of doctors about what it's like being trans? And I feel like shit. But I, but I needed to. 
because I showed up there and there was two no two new people because what they do is they bring in others to also give their um their view on being trans and I've done it so much now that it's not really a view anymore it's more of a lecture to those poor doctors and I do it in such a way that I want them to walk away knowing more about what it's like being trans and I try to destroy some of the stereotypes people that come in that are that are not me however probably fit those stereotypes but you know I love them for who they are. It takes a lot of guts to stand up in front of a bunch of doctors and talk about this for an extended period of time. And sometimes some of those subjects are very, very touchy. And some of, some people just don't have the ability to carry on that deep and, and powerful conversation without cracking. And, and you have to give them due because it's scary to face the truth about yourself and – when you do sometimes, you walk out feeling a lot better, except for me this week. I felt so rotten afterwards. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I get my taxi to come home, and instead of having the taxi take me home, I need to get my grocery shopping done. So I have pictured all this completely out. You know, It's in my head. This is how I'm going to do it. When I lecture – they pay for my taxi, you know, and my time and everything gets taken care of. And it's beautiful. They're fantastic individuals. And I got there, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm having this lecture uh, with these doctors. And I, I really sh – it should be called a lecture because there's so much information that I'm trying to fit into that two-and-a-half-hour block. Usually it's like – an hour and a half per group. But this time I had this group that we got to really set the time by the flow of conversation. And it was fantastic. I really can't say enough about these doctors. But I'm sitting there in the waiting room waiting for this to start. And one of the doctors that I had a chat with the week before comes up to me and she's just so lovely. Oh my gosh. And she's like, I thank you so much for taking the time last week and talking it over with us because I learned so much that I had never learned before. You opened my eyes away from what the media says is transgender. And I said, well, that's what I want to do. I want to break the mold. I don't want to sit here and beat a drum running around going, what do we want? Uh, when do we want it now? You know. I hate that. I hate that with a passion that so many people have this wonderful opportunity to stand up and say, me, look at what I am giving to you. But they don't. They don't take that opportunity to do the right thing and smash the stereotypes. Case in point. Martina Delaney really have a problem with the way she approaches things. She's a, I want it, and I want it now. And all it does is piss people off because it's pissed me off, and I'm a trans person. Okay? If I'm pissed off as a trans person about what you're trying to do to my trans community, 
I can fucking damn well tell you that the average person who's sitting at home who doesn't know jack fucking shit about being trans is just as pissed off as I am, if not more. Sorry, I get very passionate about common sense around what's going on. But as I was having this conversation, my voice went, and it died. And I'm sitting there trying. I'm sipping on. I have a bottle of Coke, okay, because I knew I was going to tank. I knew I was feeling just subpar, so I needed some sugar to keep me going. And what was worse is my tongue was raw, and I could not figure out why it was so raw. Everything that I took that otherwise that wasn't water was acidic to my mouth. It felt Oh my god, I thought I was going to die when I took the first drink of it. I thought, what the fudge have I done to myself? So I'm sitting there and I'm sipping and I'm I'm like having a little sip here, a little sip there. They're you know, they haven't really clued in that I am sick as a dog. Give it up for doctors. Woohoo! Because <laughs> they were so interested in what I was saying. They weren't giving a shit that I was falling apart in front of them. I love them. Um, and, uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm doing all that I can. When I get through, we're all happy. Everybody walks away and I'm going, man, I am, I am just going home. Get to the grocery store. Buy the groceries. Stand in line. Wait for the taxi. Okay. Because, like I said... We are going green. Whether the world likes it or not, we're going freaking green. And that's what's happening. And I'm going to force and kick and drag my way to greenhood because I'm going to do it for the environment. I want more chance for my children to have a better life. Um, I hope other people can take this on as well. But I'm sitting there and I'm powering this through and I'm – I get in the taxi, and the poor guy's looking at me. He's like, you're not feeling well, are you? I'm like, no. Don't shake my hand. I won't touch anything other than the car door. Have a wonderful day, and I'm not going to talk. And we get home. He was such a perfect gentleman. Now, let me tell you something. As a trans woman, when you receive the kindness of a gentleman, it is beautiful, and you should take the time to acknowledge the kindness of said gentleman. He walked, he helped me. He first asked, can I help you load the groceries into the car? And I said, no, I've got these. These are okay. Thank you. And he, we get up to the house, and he's like, I will help you take the groceries out. You really look like you need to go to bed. So we get in the house. I get all my groceries in the house. And he's like, thank you. We'll see you later. And off he went. And I, it was so amazing. He was lo- such a lovely gentleman. And I really, really liked him. Um, and away he went. And it was, it was just – it was simply magical. And I get inside, and I am in my pajamas. I'm ready to call it a day. I feel like somebody has not only kicked me in the proverbial crotch area, I feel like they have whacked my boobs, kicked me over the head, and shoved razor blades in my throat. 
So as you can hear, my voice is changing up and down, going back and forth. I feel absolutely rotten, but I can't sleep. So that's also another problem right now. I am going through hot and cold phases because I have a temperature that goes away and comes back. So I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm about ready to call it a night. I can that this is the end of me. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed. All of a sudden, there's a lovely at the door, and I'm thinking, who in the frag wants to knock on my door? Uh, no one knocks on my door because I am a really private person, believe it or not. Other than what you hear on the podcast, and other than what you hear, you read on my my Facebook or my blog, I am really a rather reserved pri- private person. And so I, I I take the time, right? And I'm sitting there and I get up and I am I'm in my jammies, alright? I've got a pair of lovely satin pajamas on that I I absolutely love. And I get to the door and here's this person I have never met before, and it's an ambulance driver. And there is an ambulance, and then there's another ambulance driver, and there's the ambulance. And I'm like looking at her and I'm like I didn't call you. I feel like crap, but I really promise I did not call you. And she looks at me and she goes, no, we have three guests for you. And I'm like, um, I just finished talking and, and out comes my three kids. And apparently my daughter has hurt herself. And they couldn't get a hold of the mother because they also missed the bus. And... Up came my daughter and my two children. And I'm like, look at them. I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be a good day at all. Because this isn't my week with my children. This is the ex-partner's week with the children. Oh, no, not good. They're like, we tried calling you. I'm like, I was lecturing to doctors all day. I turned my phone off. I'm sorry. That's the way it's got to be Um, when I'm doing what I do. When I am talking in public areas, I turn off my phone. world could burn down, and I wouldn't know it because this is so important of a subject that I speak on. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, wow, how much worse can I feel? I've got three kids in my house, and I do not want to infect them with what I am feeling right now. So they're sitting there, and I'm trying to find the mom, and finally we get the mom, and she comes picks them up. All right, we don't talk, the mom and I do not talk. Today we talked about um, my daughter for the first time in four years. Talked. Um, And that was unusual. I won't say it's good and I won't say it's bad. It was unusual because it's not going to happen often. I would hope that in the future that it can happen more often, but I'm quietly optimistic because I know it's not going to. But as I was saying, you know, we're see, there's my voice. It's going deeper now. And we're, we're having these wonderful conversations on such topics as the types of surgery, the risks that are involved in surgery, the type of loss that um, – that patients feel the type of 
I don't know the type of 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 oh the the type of of, of just what it feels like to be trans, but factual based. And showing them, you know, here's this study that was given out in 2000, and here's this study that was given out in 1995. They both coincide. They look at each other and go, oh, yeah, I'm supporting this, but I'm supporting this years later with MRI. And their eyes are opening up. And then I get onto the subject of, of, um, of trans youth and how we need to stop calling it hormones. Trans youth are not receiving hormones. We need to get this shit out of the media. Okay? It's wrong to give a child hormones at the age of seven. It's not going to happen. Because even a, even a genetic child that's not trans is not rushing through their body those hormones yet. Sorry, I just sniffed. Good grief, I hate that. Um... And, and we need to understand that, and we need to break that stigmatism and that stupid thought process that even Joe Rogan – okay, I like Joe Rogan's podcast. I really do. But there's no evidence to support Joe Rogan. There's no evidence to support any of these crazy fucking nut jobs that are out there saying that trans children are receiving hormones. There is no evidence. All you are doing is perpetuating the fear-mongering around the trans community. If a doctor is prescribing hormones to a child, that's unethical and should be called out and should be put before the medical boards because it's not healthy. And it also goes against the Hippocratic Oath, which, by the way, for all these doctors that are saying, no, I will not treat you, go stick it up your ass. You took an oath. You went. You became a doctor. You took an oath to do no harm. You took an oath to do no harm. Turning your back does harm. And I also think that that you know when we come down this pathway, and I think that it's, it's crucial – that we look at this oath and we start to uphold it. If you cannot hold it, you do not deserve to be called a doctor. I don't give a flying fuck what your religion is. I don't give a flying fuck what your culture is. If you can't hold the truth behind that oath, don't call yourself a doctor. Get the fuck out and do something else. Go learn somewhere else. Go treat something else. Become a vet. You know? We're not a piece of cake. We're not your experiments. We're not your person that you can just come after. Go fuck yourself. Because I'm being I'm being a little brutal on this, and I really hate it. Because right now here in Australia, we're about to do what's called the Religious Freedom Bill. Oh my God, we're going to talk about this. We'll probably talk about it in the next half. Because I think there's some crucial problems around this. And I don't think that not only the people who are proponents but opponents are not looking at what's going to take place. And I think what is going on in America is a perfect uh, petri dish 
of what we should expect. So we're going to take a break here. It's 20 minutes. We're going to break it up into three different parts. So we'll come back and get a drink. Thank you. Hey, thank you for taking the time and joining me here on Being Trans. It means a lot for me to do these podcasts. It means a lot to take time and effort to build them, to sit down and have a wonderful chat with you. I can only do this when you help me. I have a Patreon site. And for as low as $3 a month, you can help support me in doing this and reaching more and bringing more common sense to being trans and facing some of the facts and some of the issues that all trans and LGBT people face. It's time to bring us out of the darkness. So for as low as $3 a month, your support will help me continue creating this fantastic platform, as well as my blog, as well as my Facebook. It helps me keep employed, which I pay taxes, which helps you, which helps me, which helps all of us. Take a look. I've also got a few chapters of my book online there, too, as well. But I've been so sick this month on and on that I haven't been able to get my chapter ready. And so it's going to be a little late this month for the fourth chapter of Choices. But I hope that when it gets up, you like it. And, um, yeah, I'll start throwing up some other books, too. Maybe I shouldn't use the word throwing up. Putting up. <laughs> Have a lovely day. And thanks for supporting me. Thank you, and welcome back. Um, as I said, we were going to talk about this religious freedom issue and how it's going to impact the trans community. Because I don't think it's just the trans community that's going to be impacted. I think it's all people who are going to be impacted. Because what happens is you have someone who is given a license to discriminate. And that could be as simple as, you're black, my religion says, you, I don't serve. You're gay, my religion says, I don't serve you. You're trans, and my religion doesn't support your process, your thought processes. Because God made Adam and Eve. Which, I have no problem. God did make Adam and Eve. Okay, if you want to go down that path, fine. But don't tell me the world's 6,000 years old because I'll really chew you up with scientific evidence. So yes, I did go a little high on that, sorry. But evidence is where we're talking about. Okay, if you want to go battle to battle with me, I'll bring out pounds and pounds and pounds of evidence. I'll dose you in so much evidence that you'll be sitting there in your own little thing. And then I'll bring out the Bible and say, where's the evidence? It's all anecdotal. So bring me out the evidence. We found some of the places, but places are not Christ walking on the earth. Praises are not Moses performing these. You don't have anything other than what this Bible tells you. 
no other evidence other than this group of people saying this person existed, but stealing that information from someone else. So we can get on that whole tangent of evidence, and I'll rip you to shreds. But right now we have here in Australia a man who is our prime minister who's so cowardice and so bigoted and hateful and spiteful that knowing that Captain Cook did not find Australia, Australia already existed, and it was already filled with a culture that was rich and diverse. He chose to ignore it and build a monument and a welcome center for $50 million, $50 million tax money. All right. This is these, these current liberals that are in. Um, now, for Americans, when I say liberals, they're not American liberals. If you, it's kind of a strange thing. <clears throat> We could say they were conservatives, just like the Republicans are conservatives, but they're not really conservatives. They're just business ideology, and it comes around that, and then you throw in a bunch of religion. Okay, that's what our prime minister is right now. He's a businessman who is serving up money to people who are already rich. While destroying the little people. And it's really starting to shock me. It's really starting to. Be a big concern. That we're allowing this. This man is proposing. With his cabinet. The ability to have. A religious freedom act. In Australia. Which is going to be akin to anti-discrimination. We haven't seen it as of yet. We haven't even had time really to debate it. Haven't really had time to deep dive into it. Which unfortunately, you know, I'm sorry, this is where we're going to, I will not get into looking at it that very big. Because I think that it is one of those things that it's going to end up in the courts anyway. Because you're going to have another stupid, dumbass fucker, <laughs> sorry for my French, who's going to tell somebody, I'm not going to serve you because you're gay. I'm not going to give you a wedding license. Even though I work for the public, I'm not going to do it. And it's too damn bad for you. So what's going to happen is you're going to end up, all right, with this issue of someone being sued by a private person because your job as a public employee is to do your job. Refusing to serve me is not your job. Outside of this, if you are a private individual, yeah, you can refuse to serve me and I'll be fine with that. But in the public role, sorry, you have a job. Do your goddamn job. Leave your Bible-bashing bullshit at the door. Just do your fucking job because the law says I can be married. Or the law says, I can come in here. Or the law says, I can buy this. All right. Public businesses, if you don't want to serve someone, fine. But I will be so doggone loud 
over all my forms and media and all my formats and media, I will be so fucking loud that I will tell everybody what you did. I will destroy your business. I will go out of my way to make sure that every single person knows about it. We saw this with the cake business in America. That baker in Oregon, I think it was, was the first group that refused to bake a wedding cake. And it went all the way up to court. They, I mean, it went all the way up to Supreme Court. And the court went, well, no, you really can't do this. Um, and that's what's going to happen here. Mr. Morrison, who's our prime minister, seems to think that by making this law is going to bring him closer to God. And save people. Okay. Here's my problem with it. What it's going to open up is a huge round of litigation that my tax dollars, your tax dollars, are going to pay for. You think that lady in Kentucky who decided not to pay got to do it for free? Your tax dollars paid for all that crap, paid for the judge to sit in that seat, paid for all the cops, paid for her jail time. Now she's getting sued privately. Okay. That's a whole different thing. And if she doesn't have the money, let's say she's here in Australia, she doesn't have the money, she can apply for financial aid, legal aid. Doesn't mean she's got to get it. But let's say she gets it. Who pays for legal aid? Sure doesn't come from her pocket. It comes from every single taxpayer. And that's what we need to look at. Is all this stuff that we're saying is great. Who's going to flip the bill? Because lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. First thing that will happen is there will be a challenge to the law. And that will be done in the courts. That means that as soon as that challenge happens, the law pauses because it can't be chosen that it's valid and that it's a fair and equal law. All right. Some laws that are created could not stand up in court. The equal marriage that we have here in Australia, there was no challenges to it in court because it would have just been thrown out immediately. OK, because it's not impacting on anybody's rights per se. It's just giving a group the same right. So as you see how that works, where this is a law that's going to impact every single person in Australia. It's going to allow one group to say, I don't like you and I'm not going to give it to you. All right. So this is this is where we, we need to draw the line. This is where we need to review at what is going to happen. Uh, crazy idea. I know. Sounds funny, but it's truthful. So when we look at what is the law, the law is very simple. Right now, be good. Be kind to each other. I've talked about Israel Falau in the past too. You know, This thing should be all pointed at Israel Falau. 
Because he's the dumb fucker that decided to start this ball rolling. And then you have this idiot of a PM who's also starting to push it. Then you have people like Corin Bonatti and the dumbass down in Hobart way. Um, oh, God, I can't remember his name. And then you, you know, um, he's so bad that I don't even care about his name. But he's also a member of parliament. These people are pulling for this crazy legislation without really thinking the damage that it's going to do to Australians. Because Australians, for the most part, are non-secular. There are people that are Christians. There are people that are Mormons. There are people that are Hinduists. You know, but as a whole, this is not a Christian country. The majority of the people are not Christian. In fact, they're agnostic at best. Leave me the fuck alone. Don't come knocking on my door. I won't come knocking on yours trying to pound your head in with this. Um, I was always taught that you be good to a man of faith. Okay? And I, I, I use the word man as very liberal as possible. It could be a woman of faith too. Um, I was always taught they'd be kind. You know, you don't have to like their religion, but listen to them, give them their two seconds, and then say thank you or no thank you. Okay? Give them their, their chance. And this past month has just been a roller coaster. I had someone knocking on my door, and like I said, I've always given people the chance to have their say. Um, my daughter for her church went on a mission. And I'm so proud of her. I may not agree with what she believes in, but I am proud of my daughter. She no, she says what she means. She means what she says. And that is what I tell my children all the time. Be that level of a person that, I, that what you say I know is factual. I can't fault Israel Folau for doing that, for meaning what he says and says what he means. But what I can fault him is he's a two-faced person. Because in the past, he's done things for the LGBT community. He's preaching that you shouldn't be this type of a Christian. You shouldn't work on Sunday, but he plays rugby on Sundays. Okay? It's kind of hypocritical, and I really have a problem with those type of individuals. You cannot do that in my realm and get away with it. I will call you on it. Well, like I said, got to knock at the door. These two young ladies are sitting there from the Mormon church. And I refuse to be rude. I invited them in. I know what they're here for. I'm not stupid. And, and this is also part of the religious freedom that I'm trying to talk to you about. These lovely two young ladies came in. They talked for a little bit. And they... They, they said, oh, you know, and my kids are like, hey, maybe we can have them over for dinner. Mormon missionaries don't get paid to do what they're doing. Okay. They have a very limited budget. Um, and cooking them dinner sometimes can go a long ways for them. Because, like I said, my daughter was one. And I returned the favor. Because she had a lot of people that had some amazing um, – opportunities to cook for her now don't get me wrong this could have been a really great moment for a trans person facing 
Mormons. But I started to sit here and I thought to myself as I was working on my uh, slideshow, because I've been working on it for a while, and um, I thought, am I really saying what I mean and am I meaning what I say? And I came up to this answer of, no, I'm not. I'm not being honest with these two young ladies. They think they're coming to preach to me more about their religion, and I'm just not interested. I'm happy to feed them because my daughter was fed, and that's returning the favor. That's, you know. But other than that, I'm not interested because I have problems with their religion. And it's based in fact. Okay. Now. I don't call them a cult. Because I don't believe they are. I don't believe they meet the stereotype of a cult. Or the block of what a cult is. So don't try and go down that path with me on them. Because I'll rip you apart too. But I, I called. I sent them a message a little bit later. And I said really you know. I've thought about your offer. And I'm not trying to be rude to you. But I don't believe in the LDS church. You are welcome to come to dinner. But I don't want to lead you down a pathway where you think you're going to change my mind. I don't want to lead you down a pathway where you're thinking that maybe I'll come back to church. Because it's not going to happen. Not at all. At any aspect whatsoever. Am I interested in setting a foot into a Mormon church again? And But I didn't tell them that. I was really kind about it. And I said, look, I, I just don't want to waste your time. But the door is open for dinner should you wish to accept a dinner offer. And I'll feed you and we can have a wonderful conversation about anything but your beliefs. They refused. And that's okay. It's their choice. You know, I, I did not want them to feel that they were not welcome because I don't. I, I don't want to attack anybody. Now, see, this is what I'm talking about when it comes to religious rights. I believe all people have a right to believe what they want to believe. I don't have to believe it. I don't have to support it. As long as you don't impact my life with your beliefs, we're good. If they would have come in on the proviso that we were going to talk shop about religion, and I said, we, you're welcome to come for dinner, and they had the idea that it was going to be about religion, I would have said, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to get into this because I really don't want to have to school two young girls about the facts of history. And then I would have had a problem with it. But I wouldn't have thrown them out. I would have just schooled them. And I don't want to do that. And that's why I gave them the opportunity to back out. And we and we parted amicably. I really have no problem with them. I, I'm, I really have no problem with them. I hope and pray for the best of them. Now, when I say pray, I'm not saying I'm praying to a god. All right? It's just a use of a word that I am meaning 
a larger amount of hope and hoping for the best for them. Because they are two lovely young ladies who came knocking. And I don't have a problem with that. You know, I have problems with people knocking on my door saying, oh, you know, oh, my goodness, hello. And then they turn out that they're looking at me, a trans woman. And they're going, oh. And I go, hello? Well, we're here to talk about our God. And I'll say, oh, well, I'm really not interested in it. But if you'd like to have a discussion about your religion, I'll be happy to sit down with you. Give you your time, and you have to give me my time in this debate. Nine times out of ten, they say, oh, maybe another time, and off they go. Or if, or if somebody says, can I pray for you? And I'll say, you can pray for me. Yes, that would be lovely. Thank you. Granted, if they pray that I'm a sinner and that I hope that you know, I find their pathway, I'll shut the door in their face. Because <laughs> I'll rip them to shreds about their Bible and what it says and what they're doing. So, I mean, I'm really well versed in the Bible. I've taken my time to read the Quran as well. Um, I've read the Book of Mormon. I've looked at these texts. I've done my research. I know where I'm coming from. Now, this is where religious freedom needs to be looked at. Yes, you have a right to have your beliefs. But when they impact on someone else, then you're being a dickhead. And, well, it's bad business. And I'll destroy your business if you do it to me. And I'll make sure that if you're an elected individual... <coughs> Who wastes my taxpayers' money supporting this bullshit? I'll fucking go after you too. I will lend my support to dethroning you as an elected individual. The only real reason is because I believe that fact needs to be looked at. And unfortunately, religion isn't based on fact, it's based on beliefs. But we'll come back here in a second. And we'll talk a little bit more. Thanks for listening. I hope you're getting a drink and because I have got to take a drink. Thank you for returning. Um, my microphone's giving me heck and I'm still sick. So <laughs> that little break was a little bit longer than I wanted it to be. But as I was saying, when it comes to the Religious Freedoms Act... I give it its fair chance, okay, until it's proven that it's poor law. And here, let me explain what I mean by poor law. If it gives one group the right to discriminate, it's a poor law. If it gives the, the right to allow people to do things that civilized society has said, no, that's not right. It's a poor law. And here's my reasoning for it. And I'm going to use George Pell. Cardinal George Pell. Cardinal George Pell was found guilty of sexually assaulting children. All right. People were in complete disbelief how this could happen. 
they went to you know we had senior members of the government supporting him and saying he's a good man he was found guilty if you had someone rob your home let's say george pell robbed your home all right and he took everything you had and people were saying he's a good man but he was sitting there and you know it's him because you you were there when he did it is he really a good man you have evidence. Is he really a good man? Well, the jury came out. And not only in your hearing, he's guilty. Okay? But in the case of the two children, he was found guilty of sexual assault of a child. Let me tell you something. That is very serious. As a parent, that is emotionally damaging to your child. And it's something that child will never, ever get back. We have faced it in our family. And it has done severe damage to us as a family. The, the law says George Pell has a right to appeal it. Okay. So he appealed it, and it came back that two judges from the appellate uh, – the three appellate courts said, yeah, you're guilty, dude. You did it. And they're a little bit different than a jury. So in the case you don't know, they have the ability to look at all the evidence over and over and over again before they write their document saying why they support – or deny the hearing, the findings of the original court hearing. In George's case, they said, no, dude, you're guilty. We support the findings of the jury. So George has gone back to jail. The Catholic Church is one of the biggest pedophilia groups in history and they have hidden it well and they have supported their people through it George Pell being one of them good old Georgie boy now rests in jail but still is a cardinal and still gets to be addressed as Cardinal George Pell because that's what he's earned the Catholic Church has not stripped it from him. Now, George Pell has another chance to appeal this. He appeals it to the highest court in the land. But from what I've read and what I understand, it's not a matter of him proving that he didn't do it now. Because that's already gone and passed. His first appeal, he blew that. They upheld the conviction. He cannot appeal that conviction again. It's done. Okay. Now he has to prove in his third appeal, I mean his second appeal, that the law itself is bad. This is a double-edged sword, and I think that we as a society need to be really concerned about this sword. And let me explain why. If, and I do mean if, he is successful in removing that law. 
and saying it's unsuccess, saying it's uh, unfair law. That means that every single monster that is out there can come and use his evidence and get off as well. Because it'll be known. And that also means that that law is not valid. So you can't charge somebody with that sexual assault of a minor because it's a bad law. Because it's been proven by Cardinal George Pell and his team to be a bad law. It's really a double-edged sword. So as a parent who's had to face that for their child, it's really, really scary. And I, th I think that we as a society really need to say no, 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 no. And watch this space. Because this is the group that right now has had more priests, more claims of pedophilia, okay, and that's sex with a child, than any group in history. Now, how does this link to my concerns with the Religious Freedom Act? Think on this for a second. And I'm not going to go very deep and dark on it. I'm just going to show you the very tip of this iceberg. You're going to allow George Pell to be a monster. But your hypocritical nature, you won't allow a trans youth to be in your school. And you're demanding money from the public to keep your school open. This is a shocking Shocking action. It's, it's, it's deplorable on so many levels. And we should call it out for what it is. A heinous act. A heinous decision. Now, it's going to get challenged. Just like what's going on with George Pell. There will be an appeal to the law. Then there will be a challenge to the high court for the law. But this won't just be one challenge. And the government's going to have to flip the bill for this. The government's going to have to flip the bill. And who pays the government? It doesn't come out of thin air, people. It comes from your taxes. And if you're dumb enough to think that it comes from thin air, you're a bunch of freaking idiots. Because you're paying for these moronic laws. The law should be good for all parties. I, I firmly believe that the law discriminates. And we have to be careful how we empower that law. Because the law discriminates when bad men abuse it. And they abuse it in such a way that we go, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right, that's right, you know, that's okay. And I mean by this law that's being drafted, that is being put forward, and I mean by Israel Folau, and I mean by his actions. Look, I give him his right to his fair day. I give him every right that he needs to have surrounding his, his religion. But don't be hypocritical. Don't tell me that I'm going to hell because I'm trans. Because it's not in your Bible. It doesn't exist. 
It isn't a matter that Adam and Eve were created by God. The platypus was created by God, and he's a genetic fuck-up. But he's a platypus, and he's damn cute. Probably don't change it any other way. He's cool. Well, a Down syndrome child born is, sorry, a genetic fuck-up too. But they're fantastic. They're amazing human beings. They are wonderful for who they are and how they live their lives. They are magical to be around. And they're just like you and I. Hey, guess what? I'm trans. I've got a mountain of evidence from scientific fact that says, hey, I'm a genetic fuck-up. But I'm pretty cool to be around. My kids love me. I'm very respectable. I haven't killed anybody. I certainly haven't sexually assaulted a child. Do you see what I'm going here? Why attack me, but not attack George Pell? Why attack a trans child, but not attack George Pell? You cannot keep picking and choosing between two things. If it's good for the goose, it's got to be good for the gander. Okay? If you're concerned, and I, I really just, I bring this up. If you're concerned about your child or about you going to the toilet and I might come in there. And I'm, I'm just using this as hypothetical, all right? And this is around America. Australia, we don't worry about this stuff because it's a bunch of bullshit, all right? But in America, if you're people are discriminating against the trans community. But there's pedophiles in their Catholic churches, in their Protestant churches. There's pedophiles in their government. And they have no problem with them, which are convicted monsters. Or churches cover them up so well that you can't convict them because they disappear. Or they ship them off to Rome, where, hey, guess what? In Rome is the world's smallest country, the Vatican City. They sit inside there. They've got their own police. they got their own military they're not going to give him up. There's no extradition for a priest. We were shocked when George Pell came down here. That was a shocking move. I think it was a bit bravado. I don't think he actually thought he was going to get convicted. And I don't think the Catholic Church thought there was a hope in hell that he was going to get convicted. But he did. Look. When we're looking at the topic of religious freedom, don't call it that unless you're really willing to be honest and open. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. But don't expect me to be quiet about how you attack people. Don't expect me to simply sit back and say, yep, you can discriminate. Because I'll be one of those people that stand outside your bakery with a sign saying, these people are bigots. They refuse to cook a cake for a person of the LGBT community. Don't show them their business because there's no love in it. 
I'll be standing out there with that sign. I'll put it up on my blog. I'll put it up on my podcast, my Facebook. I'll even talk to doctors about it. Don't be a doctor who also says, and I'm not going to treat you because you, my God says I can't. Because then you're just as bad of a monster as every other monster out there. You're just as bad as a pedophile. Because you'll treat him, but you won't treat me. I'll go against you, and I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not. So I'm going to end it here. My voice has decided it's going to go again on its own little merry way. My temperature is still messed up, and I'm not going to my birthday party. I'm going to have to cancel it like I did last night on Facebook. I've got to call them up today and say, I'm sorry. I'm sick as a dog. We're not doing this. But I'm still taking my kids to jiu-jitsu on Saturday morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. The things I do for my kids. I just won't touch anybody. <laughs> or breathe on them. Or cough on them. Because that would be rude and inconsiderate of me. I wish you all the best. Please stay healthy. Um, please, if any of this stuff is triggerable, I beg of you. I really, really beg of you. There are wonderful organizations out there. And if you're in Launceston, Tasmania, there is a wonderful counseling service called Attitude Counseling. Can't say enough about this individual's business. She is a fantastic uh, counselor. She knows a lot about the LGBT community, and she knows a lot about counseling as a whole. And she doesn't pull punches. If the kettle is black, she's going to call it black. And if you're being a bit of a dork, she's going to tell you you're being a bit of a dork. She's been in the field for a very long time. So if you're here in my area... Take the time. Look her up. If you need help in a pinch, there are services out there. But if you feel you're to the point where nothing is working, call triple zero. Seriously, if you feel like you're going to stand on that bridge and jump off, call triple zero. Give them a chance. They're going to get you lined up with someone that can save your life. Men's line, lifeline, crisis line, life helpline, uh, Q life. Oh man, the list goes on and on and on. These are places that can help you too, but they're not immediate. Triple zero is there for you. Seriously, and if you're in the United States, don't be afraid to call nine one one. We want you to live. We want you to not be a number. If you're trans, please, I don't care who you are. If you need help, reach out. You know, I'm down here in Tasmania, and it's not like I can save you off of a bus. I mean, off of a bridge. But if I could, I would. Take the time. Reach out. Talk it out. Your mental health is so important. Your life 
to me is important. I work so very hard talking to doctors. I work so very hard talking to nurses. I talk common sense. I'm not a person that gets out, beats my drum, and says, what do I want? I want this and I want it now. I'm a person that says, doctor, this is the logic. This is the study that proves that transgender people are not mentally ill. Doctor, this is the facts behind the suicide rate. Doctor, this is the facts behind gender dysphoria. I spend my time doing that. So you, my listener, have the opportunity to live another day. I do that so you have the opportunity to get the best health care possible. And believe me, when I am saying these doctors I've met over these three years, well, two years, two years, I almost jumped into another year there for some strange reason, are phenomenal. They are magical. I hope and pray for the best for each and every one of them because they have listened. Their eyes and ears are opened. We're talking about our future in a way that the activists are not. We're going from the ground up, proving to the people that the evidence is here. And this is what needs to be done. If I could get a moment to talk with George, with Joe Rogan, and present the evidence, I don't know if I could sway him. But I think that he needs to be presented with facts. And he keeps getting all these people doing sensational media, and all they want to do is spin their views, and none of it is based on fact. I have been in the process of developing a fantastic slideshow um, from PowerPoint, and I'm going to turn it into a movie, and I'm going to put it up on my YouTube soon, um, and I hope that when it gets out there, it's not only about me, okay? It's not only about me. It's about the facts behind being me, okay? So I'm putting myself out there for everybody to see. I want these facts to come out because it's time that we start attacking the issue of equality based on facts. Not based on conjecture, not based on hearsay, but facts. Let's bring out the facts. Let's beat them senseless with the facts because we cannot continue to pick and choose which science we need to believe in. Religious freedom is a set of beliefs, and that is perfectly fine. As long as you don't encroach on my right to exist. As long as you don't encroach on my rights as a human being. Thank you for taking the time and listening to me. I wish you all the best, and we'll talk to you real soon. Bye now.